call to worship this morning is Psalm 106, 1 through 6. Praise the Lord, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise. Blessed are those who act justly, who always do what is right. Remember me, Lord. When you show favor to your people, come to aid when you save them, that I may enjoy the prosperity of your chosen ones, that I may share in the joy of your nation and join your inheritance in giving praise. We have sinned even as our ancestors did. We have done wrong and acted wickedly. Please join me in prayer. Lord, we just thank you for bringing us all here today. We thank uh, you for this family, this um, group of people, Lord, that we can come together and just praise you and love you. And Lord, that when we're here, the outside world just doesn't seem to penetrate. And Lord, I thank you for that tranquility and that um, just that calm. Lord, that calm is something that we need right now. We just don't get it a lot, and we thank you for that. We thank you for your words, and we thank you for these people. We pray safety upon all of us, our families and friends. Lord, we thank you. We pray all this in Jesus' beautiful name. Amen. Therefore, my brothers, you who I am loved and long for, my joy and crown, that is how you should stand firm in the Lord, dear friends. I plead with Yodia and I plead with Tithiki to agree with each other in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke for Elo, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are in the Book of Life. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything but in anything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request God and the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus finally brothers whatever is true whatever is no whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, Philippians 4, 1 through 9, right in here, and uh, when I saw that, and I saw those names at the beginning of it, I thought, I got to get somebody else to read that scripture, and you did an excellent job, Kelton, so I want to thank you for that, and thank Val for that beautiful prayer, and what a blessing. Let's just praise God for this family here, that we have people that are stepping up and are active to share their uh, faith and their hope in the Lord. 
And let's go to him in prayer now. Uh, dear Lord, thank you for being here. Thank you for coming before us, and leading the way and preparing the way. Thank you for the message that you have today, that it will go to our hearts and our minds and our, our whole being, Lord, that we will be changed because of Jesus, because of the love and the sacrifice of Jesus. Our future is bright, Lord. The path is paved with peace when we follow and draw near to you. So I just ask you, Lord, to use me now. Use me in a mighty way. Let it be your words, your thoughts, your intentions, all about you, Lord. We're in Philippians 4, 1 through 9. And the title of this message is, Do Not Be Anxious, Especially When Your Pastor Is Away and You're Giving the Sermon. Oh, no, no, that's not the real name. It's Do Not Be Anxious, A Practical Guide from Paul. So Paul is talking about our very human response of having worry and anxiety. And he's writing the letter to the Philippians. He himself is in jail. And he's writing this letter about how not to have worry or anxiety. He's modeling exactly what he's going to share with them and what he's going to share with us. So I don't know about you, but there are times and lately it, it seems heightened that I have worry or I have anxiety. And maybe if you just take a second right here, maybe something will just pop up for you too. It's a very human response to um, life. And I've, co I've come to put this into a, a three-part um, request of what I'm looking for when uh, that happens to me. Now, I try to lay this on my husband. <laughs> <laughs> that this is what I want him to do. But what I really am doing is, first of all, I want somebody to tell me that it's going to be okay. That makes me feel a lot better when someone says it's going to be okay. The second thing I really like is when someone says, I'm in it with you. Okay, I'm going to be with you through this. It makes me feel a lot better that I'm not alone. And the third thing is, I'll do whatever you need that someone would say to us, I'll do whatever you need. For me, those three things, if someone said those three things, that would be very comforting to me and would give me hope and would help move me from worry and anxiety into a place of peace. So Paul's writing this letter in about 62 AD. So we know uh, worry and fear, they're not new. These things have been going on for a long time. And so what i like us to do today is to just look at this guide that Paul has put together. It's very systematic. It's step-by-step. Step. I want us to look at the steps that he's laid out for us, and we're going to actually practice these steps too. Okay? So looking at his letter, in verse 1, he's greeting them. And he's not just saying, hey, hi, how you been? He's greeting them with love. He wants them to know how much he loves them. Dear, dear friends, I love you so much. I want the very best for you. You make me feel such joy, and you fill me with pride. Now, if someone greets you like that, I mean, how are you going to feel? You're going to feel great. You're going to feel connected. This person's on my side. And, but he doesn't just stop there. He says to them, I need you to really stay on track. He's away from the church in Philippi, and he knows we get off track. So I need you to stay on track. I need you to be constant. But he's not just um, chastising them. He's also encouraging them. He's saying to them, 
follow my instructions in this letter and don't worry, stay on track, stay with God, be steady. And then he starts talking about a little problem that's come up in the church between two women, Euodia and Synthesi, I think is her name. Um, so there's some disagreement there, and he's saying, you got to make up, you know. And he says, now these people, these two women have been very faithful in the church. They've done a lot of work to spread the gospel, but even with that, there's been some discord, and he needs that resolved. Put aside your differences. God doesn't want his children to hold, God, to hold grudges because the work is to, spend, to share the gospel, and everyone needs to be together to share the gospel. And then it's in verses 4 and 5 when he really starts telling us what are the steps that we can take to move from worry to peace. In verse 4, he tells us to choose to rejoice. Rejoice, he says. I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice or celebrate. Celebrate God every day and all day long. Never tire of saying rejoice. He wants us to make the choice for joy in the Lord, which is different than happiness, which is based on external circumstances. So that joy is deep inside. You know, I got the joy, 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 joy down in my heart. It's deep inside of us because of that relationship with the Lord. And he's also saying to him, the Lord is near and could show up at any minute. And we need to be ready, not just for ourselves, but we need to be ready to show and be taking that message to others. And then in verse 6, he tells us, don't be anxious. Now, he doesn't say, try not to be anxious, worry a little less. He says, don't be anxious. It's a command. And I find that this is often a stumbling block in the Christian community because people feel like because they're Christians, they're not going to have, they shouldn't have worry or anxiety. But here's the thing, is we're human and we're broken. On our own, we have these emotions. We have fear. We have worry. We have anxiety. We cannot conquer that on our own. It's only through Jesus that we can conquer that. If we could do that on our own, we wouldn't need Jesus, right? He's our Savior. He's the one who's come to do all the things for us, and we do it through him. So it's a command for us to do, but he's going to tell us how to do it, okay? Don't fret. Don't worry. Move from worry to peace. Instead of worrying, pray, and pray about everything, and pray all the time. Pray without ceasing, it said. Let your petitions and your praises shape your worries into prayers. And as brothers and sisters in Christ, we're here to help one another with that too. We're here to care, help carry the burdens of one another. So the fear and anxiety that one of us is having is the burden of all. We're to share and help pick that up. That's another reason why we all need to be together and on the same page. So we're going to put this first instruction into practice. Okay? We're going to take those things that are causing us fear or anxiety. We're going to turn them into prayer and ask the Lord to move us 
from worry to peace. So I'm going to give one to start, and I'm going to make a list of it. And so the one I'm going to give is, um, these are worries. And it's about um, medical tests. Okay. And I'm going to ask if anyone else would be willing to share a worry or concern or that's causing anxiety. Um, and it may be a yours personally, maybe someone in your family. It may be something that's affecting someone you don't even know. It may be something that's affecting the whole world. And we're going to take these prayers to God. So how about it? Who will be brave enough to share? And I was a school teacher, so I know, like, I'm okay just standing here. <laughs> so, who's? Okay, yeah. Um, so this week we received a more in-depth diagnosis for Ezra, uh -huh. um, and it gives us a lot of concern because we don't know what his future is going to look like. Okay. So we're worried about that. Um, right. Okay. So we're we have concerns about Ezra and the, his future. We can lift that up to the Lord, and he wants us to lift it up. He wants us to be specific and tell him what's bothering us, what's making us worry, what's giving us anxiety. How about someone else? Who would be brave enough? Joanne? Freedom. Freedom, yes. We're having worries about freedom. We're in a time of three great challenges going on. We have the pandemic, the worldwide pandemic. We have economic instability, which is worldwide also. And then we have within our own country civil unrest, political divide, um, attacks on freedom. All of these things are weighing on us collectively. And as Christians, we again, we don't just feel it our own personal things. We feel the collective heaviness of all these things on all humanity. How about something else? If we could just put COVID in general, right, yeah. What's going to happen to us and our families, uh, you know, health-wise, work-wise, you know, people are out of jobs. How about the solar ministry? We're getting ready to go into a big change with the solar ministry. We trust God. We know that God will provide, but still in our humanness, there's times when we have worry or concern about it. Anything else? Yeah, Joy. The Methodist Church. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Our Methodist Church is going through a time of great divide and uncertainty. Yeah. Yes. Uh huh. Yeah, our friends and our families without Jesus, right? Yes, we pray for the salvation of others. Yes, is someone else was going to say something, Terry? Yeah, school the school systems, yes. 
under great strain now our school systems, right? And we see our teachers just really making heroic acts to try to keep educating our students. And they're under incredible stress and strain, yes. Anything else? And you can have your own personal list to, yeah. Uh-huh. And families that people are out of work. Yeah. And just providing enough food. Right. Because that has become or has been a problem is getting better. The food was not available to give to them. Mm-hmm. And um it's just it's a constant looking at supplies and getting supplies and being able to get food to people. Yes, and it's a seeing more than ever. More need than ever. Yeah. Right. Food is a need, and we see that need growing. More and more people needing the, those kind of help, that kind of help. Okay, so I'm, we're going to go into prayer. Okay, we're going to take these things that are causing us worry and anxiety, and we're going to just present them to the Lord. We're going to we trust in the Lord. We know He hears our prayers. He answers them, and that He will provide. And we're going to ask him to help move us from the place of worry into the place of peace, which is the place of being aligned with Jesus. So, dear Lord, we come before you now, Lord, and we confess. We confess that there are times when we do not have full faith in you, Lord. In our human and brokenness, worry and anxiety pop up. We believe in you and we trust in you, Lord. We know that you will make things right. But every once in a while, Lord, doubt comes in and it starts to overshadow. It can't really overshadow the, your light or your might, but in our minds we sometimes wonder. And so, Lord, we just come today as a community of faith, as a community of brothers and sisters who love Jesus, and we lay these concerns at your feet, Lord. Some of them are personal to us. Some of them are to uh, all the people of the world. But we know that you love each and every one of us. You are the creator of each and every one of us, Lord. It is your greatest desire that we all move towards you. And so we lay these things at your feet, Lord, that you will remove all the worries regarding medical tests. The Ezra's future, Lord, we hold tight to your promise that his future is bright. We lay at your feet, Lord, and understand and ask you to protect our freedoms. We know that it is through Jesus that there is freedom. And we ask your protection on the world, Lord, for COVID, that you bring the solution to this, that you be with the families who are grieving. We lift them up, Lord, and we show our love and our concern to them. Turn our worries, Lord, into praise for you, that you would move this ministry of the sower into a new direction, Lord, that you have a plan and a future for this ministry. We just praise your mighty name. And for our Methodist church, our beloved Methodist church, Lord, you are working out these difficulties. You are working out these distractions, these divisions, Lord. You want nothing more in your church than unity. Paul even wrote about that in this letter, that we must get on track with one another so we can do the work of spreading the gospel. 
And we pray for those families and those individuals who don't know Jesus yet, Lord. We just ask that they feel your arms opening wide and that you just hug them in, Lord, and never let them go because I know that's what you want for them. And we're praying for the school systems, for the students, and for our teachers, Lord. Take away the anxiety and the worry. Bring peace into this educational setting. Bring unity there, Lord. These are difficult questions. There is no one right answer to this except that we love you. Let people work together for the good of all. And we just ask and praise your mighty name for the abundance that you have promised us, Lord. You are our provider. We trust in that. We trust that you will use us to help bring food and other necessary supplies to our brothers and sisters. Lord, there are other things that are weighing heavy on our hearts right now. We turn them over to you, Lord. Because of our faith in you, we will be able to let go of the worry and turn it into praise for you, our eternal God, the one who is always with us from the beginning through eternity will never leave it is in that that we have our faith and our peace and his name is jesus amen amen so that's what he wants us to do take the worries and the anxieties and turn them into prayers know the peace of god that christ will displace worry at the center of our life and then in verse 8 he goes on Fill your minds with beauty and truth and, that, and to meditate on faith. Brothers and sisters, fill your minds with beauty and truth. Meditate on whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is virtuous and praiseworthy. Paul is telling us, don't dwell on the negative. Fill your mind with the positives. Look at the blessings. Come to the Lord in thanksgiving. Even in the midst of your trials and troubles, come to the Lord in thanksgiving because we still have so much to be thankful for. If you're only looking at the negatives, you will miss seeing the positives. Meditate on these things. Meditate means to fill your mind with it. If we can fill our mind and focus on Jesus and our blessings, it's going to be hard for those worries to creep in. We're going to fill it. I feel, I feel like it's um, making a barrier in there. Fill your mind with the word of God. That's why we need to know God's word. You don't have to know a hundred scriptures, but if you know one or two scriptures, by heart that are comforting to you. You can go to those. When the worry starts coming in, flip the switch. Start saying the scriptures over. That's why the hymns and the songs are so powerful. For me, I have a really hard time memorizing scripture, but if it's in a song, I can learn it so quickly. And so when I feel anxiety or worry coming in, I try to just let those hymns or those songs be in my head to change my thought pattern back to praise and to fix it on God. So sometimes in Christianity, people, you know, there's um, different reactions to the word meditate. 
But we're going to do a meditation right now. I'm going to ask you to join with me in a meditation. And we're going to do, um, I'm going to lead you in a visualization. And it's going to be focused on this scripture, which is Isaiah 66, 12. And it says in this verse, it says, I will extend peace like a river. Okay, so if you will do this with me, you can just stay seated. And if you want to close your eyes, you're welcome to. And if you want to keep them open, you're welcome to. And if your eyes are open, just you might want to just look more downward just so it's more restful. But in your mind's eye, I'm going to uh, describe to you a setting. And I want you to try to make it as vivid as you can in your mind, okay? So I'm going to go back to our scripture. I will extend peace like a river, which is Isaiah 66, 12, okay? So I want you to imagine a river. And it's not just any river. It is a mighty river. I mean, it is flowing fast and you see it bumping up and down. You hear the sound of that river as it's flowing. This is a river that's been created by the Lord God Almighty. It, cre it contains all the power and all the might of the one who created the heavens and the earth and created you. And it's a beautiful river and you're just standing on the bank and you're looking at it. And besides looking at the water, you see what's around you. Notice the trees that are there. And you hear the sound of the river rushing. Maybe even you hear some birds. There might be other sounds that you hear while you're there. So try to make it as vivid as you can. And you hear, you smell, it's a fresh smell, it's summer. And you smell the grass. And you smell the water. And you feel the heat of the sun as it's coming through the trees. And it's on you. And you feel its warmth. And it feels so good. And you look at that river, and it is so mighty. It is so powerful. And yet you are feeling drawn toward it. You feel this really strong desire to go to that river, to go to that source. And you cautiously start walking down the bank a little bit toward the river. And you begin to notice that as you get closer to the river, it's slowing down. You still feel the might and you know the power is still there. But you notice that there's a pace. And the river's beginning to slow down and slow down and get a little calmer and a little more peaceful. So much so that when you get right near the edge of the river, it's so calm and it's so inviting. You decide just to step right into it. And then you take another step. And the water is warm. And you take another step. And you feel that sun and the birds are singing. It's just a beautiful day. You're just filled with this sense of peace and completeness. You just feel so whole. And you let your arms hang down and you feel your hands in the water, your parts of your arms, and you're just moving them in the water. And you start wading out a little bit. And you get out until you're, the river now is about at your waist height. And it just feels so good. And you're just 
You're just standing there and there's nothing on your mind except for how good and complete and peaceful you feel right now standing in that river. And then you notice that your feet start to come off the bottom of the river. And the next thing you know, you're just floating. And you, you feel like you're cradled. And it's so soothing and so safe. You're just relaxing into it. And you realize that you've had your eyes closed. And you open your eyes. And you're not floating. You're being held. And it's Jesus. He has you in his arms. He's holding you. And you look at him. And he smiles at you, and you smile back. And he's telling you, I love you. I'm always with you. I'm going to do everything you need. I'm never going to leave you. And you know that you've gone from a place of worry and anxiety and uncertainness to this place of great peace and joy. And that's what Paul's telling us that we can do. We can take those pieces of worry and anxiety and we can put them into a prayer. We can put it into a praise to God, the one who wants us to be with them always. And we'll get the answer to those three questions that I laid out at the beginning. We'll have someone say to us, it'll be okay. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And he'll say to you, I'm in it with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. And he will neither fail you nor abandon you. And I, then he'll say to you, I'll do whatever you need. And this is the one that as humans we try, but we can't do it completely, but God can. And Paul tells us this in Philippians later in, in chapter 4. He says, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches in the glory in Christ Jesus. So while we're here... I'm going to ask Wick just to start playing and just bring into your mind again that picture of Jesus just holding you and comforting you, knowing that he is always with you. The Lord sent him to do what we cannot do for ourselves.